news today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? Lucky there's the Screen Pass podcast. Welcome to Screen Pass, the show about football and popular culture. I'm Sheehan, and as always, I'm joined by a man who waits till the third time around, head in the clouds, feet on the ground. He's the man you're glad you've found. He's Justin Barber. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great, Sheehan. How you doing? I'm good. <laughs> it's good to be back doing this again. It's been a while. What have you been up to? It has. It has been a while. Um, yeah, I mean, you and I, we've just been so busy with life um, and we want to try a couple new things with the show. Um, so it has been a minute. I uh, I went to Mexico. I took a break. I haven't had a vacation in a long time. So I headed on headed on down south to Mexico. And oh, man, it was great. It was so great. Nice. I, I, I was surprised you came back. I know. I thought about it. If I could have stayed longer, I, I would have. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just great. Beach, you know, hanging out on the beach, saw some ruins, uh, just kind of traveled around, and most importantly, I was able to unwind, which has been a long time. How about you? How, how have you been? Uh, good man. Like flat out with work as always. I I will give you a, a rundown of of the some highlights of the past little while I've uh, I finished two more books so they're at the publishers at the moment they'll be coming out around Christmas which is cool one about Frasier one about Saturday Night Live um, I've been to Rome been to Copenhagen in the last couple of weeks which has been awesome found that my ex-girlfriend is on OnlyFans so that's been fun as well and about a week and a half ago <laughs> I full on fucking electrocuted myself and I couldn't feel my arm for half the day so it's it's been wow. real up and down over here Wow, that is interesting. And then, um, yeah, well, I'm glad you're okay from the electrocution. I'm glad you bounced back. You, you <laughs> I look great. definitely tried to see if I had any powers. 100% and, was like, yeah. And I'm going to have to get that ex-girlfriends only, uh, fans only page. Just for research, just for the podcast. Got to see what's going on there. Yeah. So we'll, um, we'll talk off we'll, air about that. I, yeah. I think so. I think so. We'll... Um, We'll get that sorted. Now, you might have guessed off the top that we are talking tonight about Family Guy, a show that certainly was near and dear to my heart when I was in my teenage years. What about you? You um, you a big Family Guy guy back in the day? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering how you felt about it because for me, I used to really, really love the show. The show itself has been out for 23 years, which kind of blew my mind. I mean, the first season one came out in 99, then they had 2000, then it got canceled, came back in 2003, then it got canceled, <laughs> came back in 2006. But yeah, for most of my life, Family Guy has has been there and I used to really be into it. I'd buy the series, you know, on, on DVD. I actually remember the first place I moved into. 
I remember watching, I didn't have cable when I started living there for like for a minute. And that's what I was watching. I would just kind of watch. It was like a comfort show for me. However, the last several years, I mean, I just really haven't thought about it. Um, I haven't really been into it for whatever reason here or there. Um, it hasn't been a show on the forefront of my mind. When I, when I think about the show, I always kind of respect it as an institution. You know, I have good memories of it. But for some reason, it kind of felt awful with it. How about you? I mean, are you... I, I loved it. I was right in that age group when it came out where I was like, it's the funniest show I've ever seen. Like, obviously grew up with The Simpsons, South Park had been around, but this was like a whole different type of humour. And when you're like, you know, you're in your early teenage years, you're kind of like experimenting with your sense of humour, you're still learning about stuff. And so there was just stuff in this that was like right in my wheelhouse. And I remember it being massive, you know, like, the victory shall be mine, like Stewie Griffin shirts and like um, the cutaway gags being just, oh my God, how, it was kind of that era of like when people started saying stuff was random. Yeah. And this was like right at the forefront. And I remember like, obviously there was the South Park episode where it was like, if you think that's bad, what about the time I had a Muhammad with a salmon helmet? And it turned out that like all the jokes being written by sea cows or something like that, which was like a proper, proper skewering of the show. But I reckon right. for a while there, maybe their first, four, five, six seasons. I'd seen every episode. Like and, and there's still the the bird is the word. Taylor Hansen's a guy. Like some of that stuff. I reckon it's still once a week. And particularly because uh, obviously rest in peace Taylor Hawkins. I definitely dropped a couple of Taylor Hawkins as a guy. Uh, <laughs> a few in relation to um to family. So I will say I, I watched it sporadically over the last few years. I uh, dated someone who used to watch it to go to sleep. And in fact, one of the episodes we talked about, I remember watching while she slept. So like, I definitely checked in on episodes from time to time. And I, I reckon it's still, it's better than The Simpsons is now. Uh, but there were certainly periods where it went through. Where it was like, it was getting a bit messagey and you had episodes where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, God's autistic. And you're like, what are you doing here? But Brian became right. more of a dick. And I think like it's yeah. kind of found its range again now. But it came out and it, it like blew the doors off The Simpsons. A hundred percent. Because yeah. then The Simpsons tried to be family. Yeah. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. The humor was a lot different from, from what we've seen. You know, I mean, we, we had South Park, which was always in the offensive humor range, which still was kind of new and exciting. You know, I mean, like comedians have always been offensive, but you didn't get that a lot mm. in television where the jokes would match that. Like, we're going to try to offend you. We're going to say something so outlandish or pull the rug out. And then you're also right. My humor has always been, as you know, bizarre. I love bizarre stuff. And I think me and you kind of connect on that. Even the shows like we watch now, like, uh, I think you should leave. We just talked about oh, that yeah. the other day. <laughs> and like, uh, just you know, like shows like that. We love and family guy really was the cutaways are always so bizarre. Like they just, they have something that is completely outlandish and that always connected with me right off the bat. But as you mentioned, I think this show has had ebbs and flows. And you mentioned that it was preachy. I have always been a fan of Seth MacFarlane. I think mm. that he's funny. 
Um, I like his other shows that he's done. Uh, Orville. Yep. Fantastic. As someone who likes sci-fi, I love it. I've watched that, what he's put out on Orville at least two times, probably three times I've watched that series through. A Million Ways to Die in the West. I love that movie. I think it's hilarious. I really liked that as well. It got kind of panned, but I always thought it was like an underappreciated movie. Absolutely. Like there's some dumb shit in it. Yeah. Oh. And like, you know, going in, it's going to be a Seth MacFarlane movie where there's dumb shit in it. I thought it was like, there is some good moments. Ted, obviously. Yeah, when he gets when they get high and the gopher pops up and he's like freaking out about it. <laughs> like that movie is that movie's great. But I also think what happens is as people tend to get older, which happens to most people, <laughs> they get involved with things like politics. I, I kind of felt like a lot of the political stuff is bled into the show at certain times more than others. And I'm gonna be honest to anyone listening out there, anyone listening out there, politics aren't funny it's not funny politics it's so hard to be clever with politics it's such low-hanging fruit that people say over and over and especially after the last four years if i never hear a trump joke again i'll be super super happy because i'm sick of people saying the same stuff over and over again and expecting a laugh it's really hard and i think family guy went through a transition where it was just tons of political stuff thrown in it you alienate half of your audience and the part that agrees if it's not new and exciting it's just it's not a laugh that's one of the things I noticed with the show yep. that probably made me fall off a little bit. There's nothing edgy about about that stuff. Speaking of politics and that kind of the show ebbing and flowing, Brian is Seth MacFarlane as a character. Like, it's basically his voice. And a lot of his opinions, I think, are in line with him. And there was a period in there where Brian sort of became the main character and he was just a preachy asshole. Yep. And I think at some point, they decided that was not going to be... And now they just make fun of him being a preachy asshole, Right. And a contrarian and everything like that. And you're like, you're a fucking fraud, man. And I think that was the point where they sort of got off their soapbox, stopped trying to tell people how to live their life and went back to kind of making jokes about everything. Yep. As opposed to trying to be like three edgy, five me kind of jokes. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, hey, I'm, I'm not saying that no political jokes are funny. It is fun to, to jab if someone does something, but it needs to be clever and original. And you get a lot more of that if you if you broaden your net. Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about Saturday Night Live and me having just written a book about it. So much of that and so much of that political stuff is just... It's not funny because it's not saying anything. There's no there's right. no satire to it. It's Kate McKinnon dressed as a man doing an impression. And you're like, ah, see, it's funny because she's a woman and she's dressed as a man. And we don't like the side of politics that are going to be annoyed by this. But it's not. Right. People always say Chevy Chase's impression of Gerald Ford was bad because he didn't do an impression. Well, it was his character of Ford right. and him like being super clumsy and stuff. And you're like, well, that's kind of, again, low hanging fruit if you like, but at least it was doing something. And that was always my annoyance with their, them doing Baldwin as Trump is it was, it just wasn't doing anything. They didn't do anything with the character. They're like, ah, it's an impression of it. Get it? Cause he's the guy in the news that we don't like. Yeah. The impression is, and I think that politics kind of has killed SNL really. I mean, if you think about it, they, I think they felt that they could ride the Trump bandwagon for five years and they didn't invest in 
I mean, everyone that loves SNL right now is going to get super offended, but I don't really think that they have the talent there. You know, a lot of the a lot of the cast that they brought on, and maybe they do. Maybe it is a very talented cast, but I haven't really seen anything from them. You know, it's all just been the low hanging fruit jokes. It, it's too big the cast. I think. Like, I used to watch it religiously, and I should say, I I don't watch it as religiously as as I used to. But there's just so little of it that really jumps out to me anymore. Yeah. And maybe I'm not the demographic, uh, which is fine. I'm not, this is not arguing you go, you can't say anything anymore because people will just be offended. Like that's not, you know, that's not what this is. It just, it just doesn't do it for me. Maybe I'm not the audience. That's okay. Not everything has to be for everyone. Um, maybe I could go back to watching more family guy if I want some high end comedy. Well, I did, I, you know, I did go back and after we watched, we're, we're spoiler alert, going to talk about two episodes here. And these are episodes that one is very dated and one is a little more recent. And I started watching the past season and it was funny. I was laughing. I was watching it. And then I thought, I'm going to go back and watch more of these. I'm going to catch up. There is a comfort in that show because it's been around for so long. Um, you mentioned knowing someone that used to watch it to fall asleep. I was talking to a friend of mine about the show you know, about this podcast and happening. And that's what he says he does. He says he knows all of it. It's very comforting. He can put it on and go to bed. And I do I do think that Family Guy has that because it's been in all of our lives for so long. It is an institution. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I still have mad respect on it. And I think maybe Family Guy has found its way again um, because the shows I were watching were funny and I'm going to go back and check out more. I'm going to catch up on on the lost seasons and I'm actually excited to do it. I was doing the same while I was putting together the show notes. I left let the second episode we watched run on and I can't remember if it was the next one or the one after but Peter, Quagmire, Cleveland and Joe start a podcast and uh, it's very much like can, you know, do you need any experience? It's like no anyone with an I- any idiot with a computer <laughs> can do that. There's um, a, Don't uh, tell the them. evidence of that right now. Don't tell <laughs> uh, anyone. There's something, <laughs> there's something that feels fresher about them being like, oh, Peter's starting a podcast compared to Bart and Lisa are starting a podcast on The Simpsons. Yeah. Like for some reason it works on one but not another. And I, I'm, I think if you break down comedy too far, it stops being funny and you forget the point that like some stuff just happens and it's funny and, and other stuff isn't, but there is just something that seems to work about one, but not another. Agreed. Completely agree. I mean, Simpsons is another Institute South Park as well. And they all kind of have their own like, you know, niche. So, but you're right. I mean, that wouldn't really work on the Simpsons, but family guy has, has that breath to be able to do that. Before we get into the two episodes, Family Guy and football are absolutely tied together. You mentioned it came on in 1999. It debuted after the Super Bowl in 1999. This was Fox had the Super Bowl straight out of it. The first episode of Family Guy, Death Has a Shadow, features Peter Griffin dropping uh, cash from a blimp all over the stadium. One of the funniest Family Guy jokes I thought at the time was John Madden saying football (laughs) over and over again. Um, My mate's ringtone for a while was, I don't care what it is. That guy's ruining a perfectly good game of football. (laughs) And I thought in retrospect, maybe we should have started with that episode. That's not one we're going to talk about. There are a couple of other famous football cutaway gags we might even cover on this show. But the two that jump out to me are John Madden's wedding videos. Yes. Where it's him doing the, you know who else had a great wedding? Brett Favre. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
And the other one, the NFL experience, where I think they go to a game and Chris sort of gets has the shit beaten out of him and then uh, no one will cover his medical expenses and that sort of stuff. It was that, you know, a bit, bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They, the Madden stuff is great. You know, I, I instantly thought of that too. And we mentioned, you know, when we were kind of coming up with this podcast, there is a ton of football stuff throughout Family Guy. It's just we wanted to find episodes that were really all about football. And there's even more than just the ones that we're going to cover here. There's, I think we kind of struggled between, what, four episodes? We just thought that these were the best. We talked about... Adding another one to this one, which we'll come back to, where they end up meeting God and for him to stop conspiring against the Patriots, they have to make Bill Belichick laugh. Uh, That's an episode we'll come back to. We mentioned the first one, Death Has a Shadow. Uh, There's the uh, O.J. Simpson episode where he moves to Quahog. That's a classic. Before we move into these ones, we'd be remiss not to hit on, I think, the the episodes of Family Guy that I've probably watched most recently prior to these. And they're the Star Wars ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's obviously right in both of our wheelhouses. And again, I thought they were just hilarious. And I can't watch Star Wars without thinking of some of the jokes that are in that. Yeah, I was going to initially ask you if you had a favorite episode. Even for me, I can't really answer that question because there's just so many. I more so have maybe favorite parts of episodes, like things that I just remember forever. But if I had to at this exact moment, it would be the Star Wars. They're just all all of them are just fun from beginning to end. And you're right. Some of the parodies are so integrated that even watching Star Wars now, you look back and you think Family Guy. Unlike, if you ask me my favourite episodes of The Simpsons, I'd be able to name them. Frank Grimes, Hank Scorpio, Marge vs. the Monorail, the ones everyone loves. I don't feel as though there's too many of those with this. And even I was looking up to see if one of these episodes that we're doing is on end, like the top 25, top 50 episodes ever. And it, it doesn't really show up, despite the fact I think two iconic Family Guy sequences in it. It doesn't show up as too many people's favourite episodes. Agreed. I think my favourite one, I quite like the one where uh, Peter and Quagmire start a band and it's a parody of Simon and Garfunkel. I think that's quite a funny episode. As that's the one that jumps out to me, I, I will say that's my yeah. favourite, but with no conviction. You watch episodes of it and you're like, that is really funny. But you're right, you have favourite moments. Robert Lozier waiting in line at the airport is my favourite Family Guy moment. What happens with that? Oh, Peter gets stuck behind Robert Lozier. But he, <laughs> he spells his name out. He goes, R as in Robert Lozier. Oh, as in, oh my God, it's Robert Lozier. <laughs> As in, by God, it's Robert Lozier. And he (laughs) goes all the way. And I I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, there's there's a couple scenes in the upcoming episodes that I'll, I'll wait till we get there. But there's, there's just scenes that, I, like, if I mention the chicken suit fighting with Peter, like, everyone in the world knows that scene. You know mm. what I mean? I can't tell you what the episode was, but yeah. that scene is so iconic that you just remember it forever. And it was hilarious because it went on and on and on. And that was the joke. It wasn't just, like, the sheer mass of violence. It was how it didn't stop. It was man, brilliant. My favorite uh, of the chicken fights is where they get to the point where they're like, why are we doing this? We've forgotten why. And they go out to dinner and they're having a really nice night. And then the check comes and they get into an argument over the check. And it starts all over again. But it, it, there's sort of an Andy Kaufman type element to Family Guy in those kind of middle seasons where they've got the, the extended chicken fights. They've got the Conway Twitty cutaways, that sort of stuff where it's like, we're doing this because this entertains us and the joke is on the audience right. as opposed to 
there are jokes in this. And I think there's an element in one of these episodes that it is essentially a joke on the audience where they're like, well, we can get away with not having to write anything for two and a half minutes. And also they're going to just watch this because we want them to see it. Unless you have anything else to add, let's dive into this first episode. Let's do it. And hey, even as we get into this episode, I think that we should learn a little bit about you. So mm. what is your favorite football team? My favorite football team? As <laughs> the mighty Fremantle Dockers who had a good win today. This will date the episode. No, I'm a, I'm a massive Patriots fan. Massive Patriots. But I'm not a dick about yeah, it. Yeah, well, thank goodness. You're you're one of four that, that probably aren't. <laughs> and where do you live? I, I'm so much of a Patriots <laughs> I, yeah, and I live in London. This episode it's spoke to me so in new ways. Perfect. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I'm so much of a Patriots fan. I went to a wedding in Massachusetts in a Patriots Hawaiian shirt. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it. That's that's top of the Patriots, Patriots game. So I always <laughs> wanted to ask, which I always like to ask, you're from Australia, you live in London. Correct. How did you become a Patriots fan? What specifically drove you to this team? So growing up, I, after school, I used to go to one of my mum's friend's house. She had a son who's a few years older than me, and he continues to be a few Good years friend. older than me. But he had Madden, Madden 2000. And he used to just run a train on me with Brett Favre and every team. And I finally beat him with Drew Bledsoe and the Patriots. So at that moment, I was like, this is my team. It would have been around 2000, 2001. And then obviously it was the Bledsoe Patriots and then the Brady Patriots. So I got on right at the right time before Brady came along, back when he was still caught about QB 12 in the game and very, very shit. And then I, I basically started following the sport from, we'd get the box score in the newspaper. Like there was nothing on TV. The Super Bowl would be on TV. Uh, we didn't have cable TV, so it was on some of the sports channels, but I, I basically just followed it via the results in the paper in the Super Bowl every year. And it so happened that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl a lot of the time yeah. that I got to see them as well. So I probably didn't start watching more games than not until about 2008, 2009. The first player that I ever kind of latched onto was as my favorite is Julian Edelman. I got his jersey as a rookie. I forgot that I bought it. I've told this on another podcast. I forgot that I bought the jersey. Came home from the pub after quite a few drinks, was watching a Patriots game. I was like, this guy, I'm all about him. The punt return, a little white guy. War number 11, uh, my number in junior football, uh, Australian rules football. Uh, so I bought that and I totally forgot about two weeks later it showed up. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So no, I, I still have it. That's great. Uh, it is it is my first my first and favourite still to this day. So got very lucky with the Patriots, um, but that's that was my journey to becoming a Pats fan. That's great. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to hear about that. That's awesome. And Edelman is certainly a great jersey to have. He comes up he comes up in our second episode here. He does. I remember him putting that clip on his Instagram as well. <laughs> that's great. Well, to dive in. Uh, our first our first episode that we're going to talk about is season four, episode 20, called That's the Patriot drug Games. number. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, well, there there it is. This episode has all sorts of all sorts of ties. You're right. It's Patriot Games, named after the 1987 Tom Clancy novel. Peter joins the New England Patriots after Tom Brady's impressed with him fighting his way through a crowd at a high school reunion. And Stewie doesn't take kindly to Brian owing him a gambling 
debt. This episode guest stars Tom Brady and Troy Brown as themselves. Troy Brown has one line, so good for them for getting him in. It also guest stars Carol Channing in her last on-screen role. Oh. What do you want to start with here? This episode was made back in 2006, and I think it needs to have a little bit of a framework because despite what people may think today, I know kids, ah, kids today. <laughs> Humor was different back then, and it comes out of the gate very no I think like right off the bat, like within three minutes, you're like, that wouldn't fly today. That wouldn't fly today. That wouldn't fly today. Um, But it was a different time. You know what I mean? Like you look back at 2006, George W. Bush was president. That was like the we came out. iPhones not even invented yet. No one had an iPhone. So it definitely puts it in puts it in perspective of when it came out. Yeah, despite what people think, humor does change. You know, I mean, things, we grow as a culture. We become more cultured as, as a culture. Thus in the world. I mean, you were just saying off screen that your favorite film uh, ever is Song of the South and how much you enjoyed that. So, you know, that wouldn't fly today either. I've never said that. So that's actually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> dare you how dare you put that on me um i uh, i um that's uh mr bluebirds on my shoulder right that's the one that's yeah, not that's on the, the disney one. plus catalog unlike uh, family not guy anymore yeah there's a lot of issues with that yeah but this opens up with a gay joke like right off the bat stewie jumps out of a jumps out of a plane he talks about brian packing his 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 backpack and it opens up and on the inside it says i'm a homo real big um you know so that kind of stuff obviously wouldn't fly today back then it's humor i think lied in the fact that it was offensive um which i think some people probably have to notice it was so like everyone's like oof and that's kind of i guess where the humor lied but as of right now that would not fly no no it would not not at all but then carol channing beats up tyson that that's an interesting part to me because i most people probably listen to this have no idea who carol channing is i I don't okay so she probably became popular from my understanding from the love boat which was before us. Um, I didn't watch The Love Boat. I know of it. But what I do know is I had on tape as a child, I don't know where it came from, my parents recorded this Alice in Wonderland series. And it was Uh. old, and we had this old, like, we had this old, like, VCR, DVD player, like, combo. And these tapes were in there and Carol Channing was the white queen and there's a scene that I remember forever where she turns into a sheep and it is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life she starts talking and like starts talking things in sheep she's like better and it's I watched it before the show go look it up Carol Channing sheep it's the creepiest thing that a young is this live action yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, live action Alice in Wonderland. It was kind of like a musical Alice in Wonderland. They did it had a ton of singing and, and dancing in it and music stars. And she does this song, uh, Jam Tomorrow, Jam Yesterday, but never ever jam today, which me and my sister still reference to this day anytime we go to have jam that we can never have jam today. We can have it <laughs> tomorrow or yesterday. Is is that a banger? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Carol Channing. Carol Channing. There you go. And so that's how I know who she is. Without that creepy tape that my parents somehow recorded back in the day and... I don't know why we watched it over and over again, but we did. Probably needed to take a break from watching Song of the South. <laughs> it's wrong, man. It's wrong. <laughs> wrong things are happening. But then right after that scene, so it ends up Carol Channing beats up Tyson, and then they make a joke about Tyson beating his wife. <laughs> Which is just like... That was a very throwaway joke that was also like left to sit, which I thought was quite funny because they used to do that in around that time. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah Matthew Broderick killed a guy. And that, like, that was just the joke. Yeah, they just let it hang. Yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. Carol Channing, her last film appearance of someone who has given so much uh, to the world of... I guess, film and TV. Her last one came as an animated appearance as herself and beaten up by Mike Tyson on uh, on Family Guy. But she won. She beat Tyson. So, hey. The B plot in this is Brian bets that Mike Tyson will beat Carol Channing. Bets 50 bucks and uh, he doesn't pay Stewie. And this is where we get, I, I think, the first of the iconic bits from this episode is Where's My Money? Where Stewie just beats the shit out of Brian, confronts him, uh, in the bathroom and he's got a, a glass of orange juice. He drinks the orange juice and beats him up with the glass. He's playing golf in the hallway. Uh, Brian tries to sneak past him. It's one of my favorite things that Family Guy has ever done where he's like, you got my money? This is what happens. This is what happens, man. He's just, I mean, viciously beaten him, viciously. He shoves his head in the toilet and you see it from the perspective of inside the toilet. Just great. Apparently a lot of people unhappy with that level of violence I don't think uh, Peter were best pleased that a dog had been beaten up, albeit by a talking baby and a talking dog in a cartoon. But you know what? They got to do something. It was brilliant. I mean, it, it just was such a good scene because you just you didn't expect it. And it just continued and it was so gratuitous. And then they, yep. they reference it like later throughout the whole series. Like that point keeps coming back. That's another scene that everybody kind of knows about the family guy. I think that and uh, the mummy, mummy, mom, mom, mom. <laughs> they're like two of the, I think the real iconic scenes from the show that I think if you said to people, name any scene from family guy, I think that'd be one of the top whatever answers on the board. Right. For sure. Getting back to the A-plot, Peter ending up on the Patriots, the scene where he goes to his high school reunion dressed as a cowboy astronaut, yeah. I think is super, super famous as well with the classic family guy. Hey, this comes right off. This is around the era with the, hey, this guy's a phony. Yeah. I was expecting him to pop up. Me too. But he didn't. And this is where we meet Tom Brady as himself, who looks nothing like Tom Brady. Yeah. Just a guy. Yeah, agreed. And it, it, I mean, it's cool that he... He did the voice. He did his own voice on the show, which kind of shocked me too. It was weird. I guess I don't, I guess I really don't know Tom Brady's voice. Cause when I first heard it, I was like, is that really Tom Brady? He's kind of, he's got a bit of a, like a, a higher pitched voice than you would imagine. Yeah, for sure. Cause obviously you hear him sort of barking out the, uh, the plays on the field and the coverages and so forth. But he, he does have a, a whiny Californian voice. Yep. yep, absolutely. Brady's impressed because uh, Peter has, he eats, he, he eats too much, bad shrimp or something and has to run to the bathroom yeah. and like clears out the room 
And then he, he's throwing up in the bathroom and Brady comes in and it's like, wow, Peter, that's incredible. You should play on the Patriots. I loved that Peter's throwing up in the toilet and then he's sort of like, yeah, and can you get me a towel to clean up the man <laughs> who's, uh, whose lap I was, I was throwing up like, on? Oh, can you wipe the towel? Peter's like, can you wipe the towel, towel? <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed that. Peter ends up playing on the Patriots. He mishears a call at the uh, the line of scrimmage and, and thinks that it's a, a center sneak, a play that doesn't really exist. Uh, it's almost like a little bit of like a bummerooski or something like that. Yeah. Instead of snapping it, he holds onto it and takes Brady for a run and scores a touchdown and, and celebrates and the crowd goes wild. And Peter sort of becomes an overnight sensation. And then we kind of get a... A fairly standard, like, Peter and Tom Brady interacting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brady, Brady comes around for dinner. Obviously, Meg and Lois super excited. Meg spills a little bit of her wine on Brady's shirt, and then Lois uh, tips the whole the glass of wine all over him. Oh. So he has to go and shower, and they spy on him in the shower. And Stewie <laughs> yeah. also spies on him in the shower. And I think this is the start of Stewie being gay on the show, which is right. like a long-running joke, but I think this is the start of it. When he, he looks through and sees, sees Tom Brady in the shower, yeah, and he says like something like "ooh" or "bing bong" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. That I, I believe that's the start of it. And they just kind of like referenced him in being gay after that for oh, like a really long time. Well, I think it's still part of his character. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I think it was more so a reference, like a vague reference. Yeah, and then it, it's funny. And then Peter gets in the shower with him, and he's like, "This is what we do in the locker room." Yeah. Starts hitting him with the towel. <laughs> Tom Brady falls out out of the shower it's a you know it's a good dynamic between peter and brady because they kept brady like very like serious no nonsense and then peter's obviously peter i thought it really worked for the dynamic definitely peter's fame i suppose or sensation is the the patriots news center he ends up in this is a a part of the show that sticks with me as well and actually throw back to a previous episode my pronunciation of hyundai <laughs> and obviously growing up in australia where that is how you pronounce it this is the first time i'd ever come across someone saying hyundai hyundai <laughs> that hyundai and subaru we sell hyundai and subaru <laughs> like it's such a good parody of those like local ads starring an nfl player as yes. well yeah they're always super cheesy <laughs> and that's crazy i've only heard hyundai we've we've gone down this road i'm not gonna i'm not gonna visit it again if you need the connection go to our bracket podcast uh that is where we we talk hyundai and hyundai hyundai hyundai, hyundai. okay <laughs> I'll get it one of these days. Yeah, that, that was a great little parody. Yeah, and then it kind of, everything uh, goes to Peter's head. He starts becoming super cocky about it. Like, does there's a scene where he, like, drives his new car that he got onto the field to catch the ball and then goes into the end zone. You know, just, like, over-the-top ridiculous. And then when he scores a touchdown, Brady's like, no showboating, like, classic, like, just play the game, you know, uh, classic Brady-type stuff the Shibupi song kicks in. And I think anyone that's ever watched Family Guy remembers this really over three minutes long song of Shibupi. It's one of YouTube's most uh, watched videos ever. And I think that's the other iconic scene from this. And I think there was some sort of IMDB or a ranker or IGN or something did a poll of Family Guy's greatest musical moments. And that was like number one or number two. Yeah. 
And I think the Stewie beating up Brian whenever the Family Guy's famous, that was like in the top five as well, which is why this episode has two iconic moments. Yeah, for sure. But still doesn't appear to be like a, a beloved episode despite that. I could see how people would like Shapoopy, but also don't. Yeah, I mean, when I heard it come on, I was like, okay, I can go get like my, I can go get a cup of water while this is playing because I remember it being long. And that, I mean, that's part of the gag too. Like it's this really long silly song that comes in and like the violence with Stewie and Brian it just like seems to never end they just keep going on and on about Shibupi and it's interesting because Seth MacFarlane is I mean it's very apparent in his movies and in his shows he is a music lover he likes music he's a song and dance man he's a song and dance man he likes musicals he likes orchestras like that is his he's done that with Family Guy before where you can tell he's gotten an orchestra together to do an episode and it's kind of a passion thing for him Um, this definitely is is the beginning or plays into him showing that that love in a funny way. He, he clearly loves that like golden age of Hollywood musical. Cause this is, this is from the music man. Not, not the best song of the music man. 76 trombones is the, uh, the best one in the music man. Seth MacFarlane is a sneaky crooner. He's in sing and sing Two as like the, the Frank Sinatra esque character. I, I'm not sure what animal he is. It's been a while since I've seen it. He's got a Christmas album where he's, he's crooning away. So he clearly loves these old ones. They got in, as you say, like a full orchestra. One of the other scenes that jumps out from Family Guy is Peter has to go to AA and they do a full version or close enough to a full version of Mr. Booze from Robin and the Seven Hoods, which is like a fairly by the numbers forgotten about Rat Pack movie. Hmm. But that's, I mean, it's a banger of a song. It's this golden age of Hollywood, which probably doesn't resonate with his audience who they just think it's, ah, oh, it's just an old show tune. And it kind of is. Right. And, and maybe that's the joke, but you, there's clearly an affection for that for him. Yep. And I don't know about you, Shapoopy has been stuck in my head since I watched this episode. 100%. Yeah, it doesn't stop. And over the years, it's popped into my head at random times. And I've made random references to it. Just to jump back on the Seth MacFarlane, you're, you're right. The audience, I feel it doesn't really resonate with. And I, I don't know this personally, but I'm from like Ted and from the family guy my assumption is Seth McFarlane's a football fan as well and a lot of that audience doesn't mix with the music crowd and that's kind of where I fall into I play music I like I I personally like the arts. Controversial. I'm an artist. I'm a graphic designer. Yeah, I, well, I like going. <laughs> yeah, I like going to like theater productions. I'm a big fan of going to plays and stuff like that. It tends to be like the football crowd and the crass comedy crowd. It just tends to not be the same circles that that runs into. Yep. And I've noticed that myself because I go in both. So it is it is interesting to kind of see that play out in a lot of his his humor and where people take that kind of stuff when he does do the musical episodes. I imagine they're probably not the more popular ones. Yeah, I guess it depends what he does with them. When Seth MacFarlane hosted the Oscars, I still think that is the best job anyone has ever done of hosting the Oscars. And we're sort of still in the shadow of Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock while we're recording this. But his performance 
performance hosting the Oscars, he he had the song off the top, which again he's got like a beautiful tenor baritone voice. It, it is kind of old Hollywood, and I think he would he would like to do that, but he just has a a dirty sense of humor as well. I do like the uh, he yeah. made a joke during the when he was hosting the Oscars about Chris Brown beating Rihanna, and there was sort of gasps in the audience. He goes, ah. Oh, that, that's what we were afraid he would do. And uh, <laughs> I always really liked that as a joke. And that's um, something that I still recycle now if I if I make a joke that doesn't, doesn't land. It's a bit tasteless, which happens far too often. Sure, sure. Back to this episode, Brady, not happy with the showboating, ships him off to the London Silly Nannies, the only team in, in NFL Europe, which no longer exists, that would, would take him. Now, the Silly Nannies, uh, my best mates, uh, fantasy football team name for a few years back in the day. Uh, when he arrives there, he gets to practice. They're dancing around a maypole. Yeah, I think it's Gilbert and Sullivan or something like that. Right. I have seen Morris dancing, which that essentially is in person. Yeah. And I cannot begin to describe both the levels of awkwardness and boredom of Morris dancing. It's really, they're weird people. Sure. There's never a normal person who's involved in it. They got like bells on their ankles and they're sort of up and about. It, it, it's so weird. <laughs> and that kind of captures it is that this is like a real weird thing that happens. Thankfully, there's not a lot of it in London, but in like provincial England or you move out of basically with inside the M25 here, there's, there's a lot of weird shit going on in this country. <laughs> I didn't know it was still a thing. I mean... It is 100% still a thing. That's a wild. I've been to places and seen it. Like, it'll be like you're at a dinner and they're like, oh, by the way, here's the local Morris dancing <laughs> no. troupe. Like, nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. Why is this happening? Bashing each other with sticks. <laughs> like, dance around a circle like, hey. Like. Oh, that's funny. That's funny and strange. I didn't know it was a thing. I honestly, and this is, speaks, I guess, more to Seth MacFarlane's knowledge. You know, for me, I always just kind of felt it was like the most extreme, which it is, the most extreme, like, stereotype of America looking at England. You know what I mean? Like, they have, like, the leather, the old school leather helmets on, and, like, they're tripping over their words, and they're dancing around a maple. Look, I'll take I'll take any of the stereotypes of America. I know that they're out there that were, you know, America, <laughs> beer-guzzling, gun-toting Americans. That's fine. But uh, the silly, London silly nannies are the classic, most extreme, uh, you know, America could see, could see England. There's another couple of like jokes in this as well, where there's no water in the toilet uh, when Chris goes, which to me is always weird when I go to America. There is so much water in the toilet compared to what there is here. Really? Yeah. You only just, you get a little bit at the bottom. It's not dry, but there's a little bit at the bottom. There's not like you don't have the, you know, here's an American stereotype. You've got big fucking asses. Um, you, need the, the, you need the big toilet and the high water. And the first time I went to America flush the toilet, it all started coming back up at me. I was like, holy shit, because it just kind of goes over here when it, we're doing some wet work or something. So that, that 100% checks out. The boring show on the BBC, Condensation, 100% checks out. And the weird play they go to, which is clearly like a parody of the mousetrap or something, 100% checks out. I will say... You talk about iconic things in the show. The condensation commercial for me is anytime someone mentions condensation. Now, this was back in 2006 when this came out. I still, to this day, 
think of that commercial of the guy like staring out the window and she, he's like what is happening and she's like no that's condensation and then it's like in his mind he's like condensation I think about it a hundred percent of the time when someone mentions condensation the word for like my whole life yep I don't even know what I, I can't even point to something being like that is a parody of that but that is 100% an accurate representation of some of the shit that's on the BBC <laughs> So I, I really got a lot out of this. Stewie, uh, Brian eventually gets his own back on Stewie by pushing him in front of a double-decker yep. bus. That really made me laugh sure. as well. But we, we talked about London Silly Nannies. Now, there's no London Silly Nannies, believe it or not. <laughs> there are, however, in various uh, American football leagues in the UK, the London Barracuda, my local team, and I think this is an awesome name for a team, the London Blitz, yeah, uh, the London Hornets, London Olympians, London Rebels, London Smoke, London Vipers, and London Warriors, all based in different parts of London. Uh, some of those are now defunct. I know the Blitz and the Olympians are still around. And in fact, the Olympians are based at where the first ever game of American football was played in British soil mm. uh, between members of the American uh, armed forces living over here at the time in the, the 1910s. I mean, there's plenty of awesome names over here. There's not like, you know, you look at college football, high school football, and every other team's called the the Wildcats or something sure. like that. There are some kick-ass names. This is all, all American football. All American football. Gotcha. Well, right on. The team I played for, we didn't have a name. We were, uh, I think we were just called Team F. For fun. But I have a quiz for you. Let's do it. And as I said, we've got some awesome nicknames. And this is the, the quiz is simply titled, Is This a UK-Based American Football Team? Just a yes or no. Yes or no. The okay. Inverclyde Goliaths. <laughs> yes. Yep. They 100% they're based in Inverclyde <laughs> in Scotland. Ding, ding, ding. The Birmingham Barons. No. Correct. That's the baseball team that Michael Jordan played on. Right on. Cool. Very cool. The Milton Keynes Dons. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> no, they're a professional football team. Soccer ah, team over here. <laughs> the Oxford Killer Ponies. There is no way. I I want it. I feel like this is a trick, but I'm gonna say no. No, they they are 100 a team. What the Killer Ponies? <laughs> yep. <laughs> wait, the I'm, Stuart I, Griffins. On, wait, I, oh, sorry. I was still waiting for you to be like, "No, I'm messing with you." But no, then you just, 100% you just the Ox- moved on. All right. The Oxford Killer Ponies, one hundred percent. Yeah, the other one. Next one. The uh, the the Stuart Griffins. The, no, no, no. No, he's a character in Family Guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought I might trip you up. Uh, Wembley Five O. I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, they absolutely are. Right on. What's the five O? So over here, five O is slang, but I think that came from like Hawaii five O. Hawaii five O, yeah, the old show. Um, and the slang is weird because it came out in like the nineties. I think someone was just trying to be clever because I don't. I never even watched Hawaii five O. I think that was like way before our time. I'm sure one of our three fans will hit us up online and let us know that. Uh, why this is. Yeah, I, uh, I can't even find anything about them. But if you look on Wikipedia, there is a team, Wembley 5-0. And last but not least, the West Essex Showboats. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, they were Sue Peter Griffin. <laughs> yes. So I, I nailed them all. How many did we have? What was that, six? You, you didn't nail them all. You missed the Milton Keynes Dons. Oh, did I? 
and um, uh, the Oxford Killer Ponies. That is not a team. But you, no, you did pretty good. You got that is a team. Yeah. Oh, that is one hundred percent a off. team. Okay. Gosh. Yeah, the Killer Ponies. I mean, that just sounds like a like a fair gone wrong. It's a carnival nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's a bunch that have like, you know, there's the Kingsland Patriots or whatever, but they're not interesting. Yeah, they're not interesting. Peter challenges the Patriots to a game of football. It's a bit sort of longest yardish. It's uh, it's pros versus Joes, and at the kickoff, the silly nannies all shit themselves, and uh, Peter's the only one out. He feels the kick and gets blown up. Brady basically says, like, I respect you, man. You stood up to the whole New England Patriots. and Even though he got crushed. You're the man, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, and, and that's kind of the end of the episode. Brian pushes Stewie in front of a bus as uh, as revenge for beating him up, and uh, and we get get the the end credits. Where do you think this ranks among Family Guy episodes? Is is this a classic episode? I do I do I do think it's a classic episode. There's two things kind of holding it back. Number one, I think it's dated, so I think everyone has seen it. Probably doesn't want to watch it again. It's kind of like when we were doing our commercial brackets of Super Bowl. Like some things just kind of get played out. And I think this episode has just been played so much. Watching it though, I, I you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I've seen it before. So it was kind of like the things that were most shocking were, as we mentioned earlier, like the the jokes that are like, oh, that wouldn't fly today. Ouch. Like, <laughs> like those moments. But yeah, I, I, what would you, because we do do our, our draft ranking. How would you, how would you rank this one? Compared to other Family Guy episodes or sort of in general? Let's say in general. I think it's, I think it's decent. I, I preferred it to the Friends episode we did. I'd maybe say this is like a, a fourth rounder. Yeah. Yeah, it's dated. There, there weren't as many dated jokes as I expected there to be. Right. The animation style is certainly dated. There's some recycled backgrounds and stuff like that that you see as Peter's dancing through. There's like a section of the crowd and it's just people repeated. Where's my money, Shapoopy? If you wanted to watch those, you could watch them on YouTube. You know what? I do think this is an essential Family Guy episode, but I don't think it's a great episode. It's 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, which is pretty good. But I think... Yeah. This is no one's favourite episode. Right. Unless I think you're a football fan and maybe specifically a Patriots fan, of which I'm both of those things and this is not my favourite episode. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it would probably be around a fourth, maybe even fifth round. You know, it's, again, it's, there's a lot of staple things. We get the Brian mentions later in Family Guy, like, like about not making bets with Stewie. Um, you know, there's a lot of callbacks to this one. Um, I do recommend you see the condensation commercial on youtube as well hilarious but um yeah it's not no one's chomping to do it and when we decided to do these two i was more interested in watching the next episode we're going to talk about over this one yeah well before we move on to that one Let's hear from some people who, um, from someone who didn't enjoy the episode. And this is entire. This is from the third of July, two thousand and seven, from Hot Shot VZ. He says, "Family Guy hits bottom. He's given it one out of ten. This may be the worst Family Guy episode ever, marking the bottom of a downward trend characteristic of Bush's approval rating." There's some nice topical joke for you. The only aspect of this episode worth bragging about is the Soprano-esque scenes between Stewie and Brian and the revenge Brian gets in the end. 
only because I know a few people that I'd like to do that too. It was stupid singing, stupid dancing, and the ever homo-sounding voice of Tom Brady. If you were going to do an episode involving the Patriots, make fun of them because there's nothing in the Department of Humor that the Patriots can contribute. If you don't believe me, watched SNL when Tom Brady hosted it. Peyton Manning had more humor in the introduction than Tom's entire show. But back to this episode, there's practically no satire whatsoever. The comedy leaned towards more of the stupid end of the spectrum, what you'd find at any movie with Will Ferrell in it. To the writers of Family Guy, stick to what could get you kicked off air. I was completely disappointed with this episode, and if I could give it lower than one, I would. Wow, that's harsh. And it's like a time capsule of a review. Yeah. Like, how many references of timer in there? George Bush and the Sopranos and the, like, you definitely knew when this guy was writing it. Worth noting, Hotshot VZ, uh, VZ, been an IMD member since July 2007 and has never reviewed anything else. He made an account just to review this episode. <laughs> That's how unhappy he was. Maybe leads me to believe a that he, he might be like a Salty Jets fan. So, um, sucked in. Agreed. Yeah, that was that was harsh and not very valuable. I don't think. I wouldn't say that. That's uh, he should have been more constructive with his with his feedback there. We will definitely come back to Brady's SNL episode, but he is not great in it. So the second episode we watched is from season 15, episode 11, January 2017. So 11 years later, this is Gronkowski's and uh, Peter and his mates are excited when Rob Gronkowski moves in next door and Stewie and Brian start selling homegrown honey at the local farmer's market. Guest stars Rob Gronkowski and his brothers and dad. Gronk looks more like Gronk in this episode than Brady does as Brady. It's 11 years later. The animation is now done by computer instead of by hand. Uh, So let's start off by asking, who's the better voice actor, Brady or Gronk? Well, out of these two, for sure, Gronk. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You you disagree? I bought Brady more than Gronk. I thought Gronk sounded really, really wooden. I thought Brady was bad. I mean, Gronk's dad's even worse when he has lines. The thing is, is I think we all know from the Gronk commercials that Gronk is a... Horrific actor. This is Rob yeah. Gronkowski. Is I'm not a veteran. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so bad. But what I liked about this, and I, I guess the term better was, you know, we, we might have just disagreed on what we were looking for from there. Brady, all right? I'm not going to argue that he's, he's not the GOAT, okay? He's an excellent quarterback. He's an exceptional football player. To me, he is such like a, a vanilla character characteristic wise and i didn't get anything from him on the family guy like i said it could have been it didn't have to be brady's voice for me it could have been an actor doing brady whereas i feel like this grunk they parodied grunk himself and grunk parodied himself and i felt like number one i gotta say he's he was a great sport for even doing this because it was constantly like making him look like a jerk and a, you know, real dumb, but it was like Grunk turned up to an 11. And I did, I, I bought it more. I liked it more. Um, I felt more connected with Grunk as a character in this than I, than I did with the Brady episode. I think, um, 
it works probably for exactly that reason. Brady works because he's vanilla. He has nothing and Brady's kind of that robotic. Gronk needed a bit more life. You want him to be over the top. Like you're not going to say you're going to get like a Gilbert Gottfried, Robin Williams version of Gronk. He's such a larger than life figure that you want him to pop off the screen. And I, I, I get that reading is probably a struggle for him. But there was just no life in anything that he was doing. And voice acting's hard. This is why I think it sucks that so many movies just have stunt casting as their voice actors. Because you can tell when someone's a very good voice actor versus someone who doesn't. And I think Gronk stands out as bad because there's no life in anything he does. Mm. He should be bombastic. He should be like this, woo, party boy. And he's sort of more like a... Woo, party, yeah, this is me reading lines. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess also kind of going back and watching it, I yeah, I just know how bad Grunk is at acting. Uh, we, You do too, we all do. I don't know, I guess maybe my, my expectations might have been lower or something, but I, I thought he was funny. I thought the way that he was like, oh, hey. Like, I kind of felt that that added to it, the way he was campy in the way he delivered things. He's definitely like a different type of person to him, but I wanted like some Guy Fieri energy from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like guys like always over the top and like super excited. Yeah. Gronk's a big idiot. I always feel like he's like a big puppy. Yeah. <laughs> where he should feel excited and should, he just doesn't bring anything to it. And I feel like his dad should feel like a Hulk Hogan type figure where he's like kind of a manic I think his line is something like and their mother doesn't exist it's just me spoofing on a side of beef <laughs> yeah. yeah when you, you you sort of want a bit of right. energy from him like good for him for yeah. being in it you want a bit of something and that's why I just don't think he brings any life to the performance oh well, yeah I mean it's a good argument you know I, I I I kind of enjoyed it for the play on what it was but I I get that I get your I get your argument there for sure I do quite like that he calls everyone Grover I find that quite funny. Grover's just a funny name. (laughs) And I feel like referencing Grover from Sesame Street is always funny. It's like Alf. I don't don't like to learn names, so I'm just going to call you a Grover. Come on in, Grover. (laughs) He knows my name. (laughs) There are places in London here, like old school, I'm going to say gentlemen's clubs, not like strippers. The sort of club where it's, it's big chairs. Smoke jackets. You imagine like, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing where they call all the staff by one name. (laughs) Like it won't matter. Like they just call it, oh, that's Charles. (laughs) And they just all call them Charles because like then these posh people don't have to learn the servants' names. It is, it's sort of, I mean, it's less like that because Gronk probably taken a few too many. More more shots to the head than he would have probably afforded (laughs) over the journey. Right, right. That's wild. I know, I was just going to jump into the episode. Yeah, well, before we even jump into this, the time frame of this was 2017. That was that was where the Patriots came back yep. and beat the Atlanta Falcons. I think one of the most memorable Super Bowls in our lifetime, you know, where it was maybe the most boring Super Bowl going to the most exciting Super Bowl in the same one. Um, if you aren't aware of it, which I'm sure that you are, but at halftime, Atlanta was beating the Patriots 21 to 3. I'll go you one better. With two minutes and 11 seconds left in the third quarter, Falcons winning 28 to 3. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And Gronk didn't play. He was he was injured. That's right. He was. Um, but anywho, mm. they came back and they won 30, 34 to 28. It was maybe the greatest NFL 
comeback of all time. I, I, I'm going to feel comfortable saying that. It was the greatest NFL game comeback of all time. Super exciting, although it was boring for pretty much three quarters of that game. It's only a memorable... Actually, this is like... That Super Bowl is an allegory for the previous episode. It's only a good episode because of what was in it. Yep. And you could say that about any episode, but like... If that comeback hadn't had, it was a boring Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. It did go to overtime, intercepted the goal line by Malcolm Butler. That is a much better Super Bowl. And rightly so. I think that was when they did count it down every Super Bowl, that one finished higher. But... That, that one's still my favourite as a Pats fan. I I think my third favourite, the comeback in 2017, is, is my third favourite. Cool. <laughs> yeah. As a Patriots fan, I can have three favourites. In fact, I could have six favourites. You <laughs> sure can. So, yeah, um, this episode, uh, I think it starts off pretty funny. There's a lot... There's a a lot of football humor in this as well, which, I mean, even if you look back to the Pats one, I felt like a lot of the humor fell outside of football itself, but they open right off the bat with them sitting at the bar wanting to turn on Red Zone, which <laughs> you and I love. I mean, I'm a huge, like, I love Red Zone. And uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Scott Hansen. Yes. Oh no, Quagmire. Sorry, Quagmire. Yeah, Quagmire said to turn it onto the Bone Zone, (laughs) which is basically Red Zone, but for like nudity and sex on TV, where they just highlight the sex that's going. It was. I thought it was a great parody. I thought it was hilarious. It was. I did note that Scott wasn't involved in that, but I don't know if you recall through the last season, he was on The Simpsons because he brought it up a couple of times during the season where they they did Punt Zone, where it just shows you punts from around the league. (laughs) And it cuts away, oh, no, it's a fake. Cut away, cut away. (laughs) (laughs) Which pretty good joke is this, but, yeah, Bone Zone. Like, it was – they're sitting around – uh, Peter's got Gronk's jersey. Joe's got Brady's. Quagmire has Edelman's. And Cleveland has, I think it's LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, right on. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I, I could check that, but I, I'm That's pretty sure good. it's LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might even be, hey, Mr. Shane Vereen, man. LeGarrette Blunt did good on the Patriots, man. It's like, as fantasy yeah. people, we all wanted to, like, write him off. But he killed it. He really did. I had him that 18 touchdown year. Uh, yeah. And then he left and went... After he left there, he left and went to another team and went to the Super Bowl that year, too. That was uh, Eagles. Yeah, went to the Eagles. Right? Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Good for LeCarrie. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, nice to see... I see a little guy get a win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, the, the conceit after that is Peter gets a drone... Oh my gosh, I love um, that part. Actually, this episode has some like weird, overt sex jokes in it. <laughs> yeah, starting right off the bat with the bone zone. Yeah. <laughs> the, bo- the bone zone. It's a very horny episode. Yeah. Peter's drone gets, uh, he lands it on someone's roof and then a falcon comes and fucks it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like watching it through the camera and then you see a cutaway where the drone's like, no, we arranged this as part of the games we play. And it's like a fucking 50 shades best, of grey thing going on. The best part of that was in the middle of it. Joe's like, look at that weird squirrel. And it flashes <laughs> to a squirrel who has big eyes, and he's just watching it slowly eating an acorn. I legitimately laughed at that part. It was pretty, pretty good. But yeah, it's like there's like weird, there's weird. There's another joke about like you know he's going to be cooler than a kid in middle school who's had sex, and then you think it's the joke. He's he's like oh, he's stolen the underpants from the priest, which yeah. is like okay, that's a, a fun, it's a fun sex 
sexual assault joke. Yeah, no, good one, guys. And then it cuts to like a priest crying, being like, he said he loved me. And you're like, there's a lot going on here. And uh, like, I get where the humor is, but I'm really just not. I, I didn't think it was that funny. Yeah, no, I agree. As a joke. I I, uh, I don't I, I don't really think the the whole priest joke stuff is I think all that stuff's kind of overplayed too and in poor taste to be honest with you that's just me but um, I don't know there's a lot of there's those certainly jokes, jokes out to there. be made there but I feel like it was sort of uh, you know like we've all kind of all got a friend who makes angry edgy jokes and you're like all right man chill out it, it was a bit like yeah, that for exactly. me exactly yeah yeah i agree i agree they then discover that the guy whose house the drone landed on was dead i did quite like the cat jumps up on the window <laughs> with bloody paw prints it scares them and then peter's oh no it's just the cat that had eaten his face <laughs> off. right yeah, yeah, that was a good joke. I too. really like that as a joke. I did too. And then it turns out that their new neighbor is Gronk. And this is like a, a classic trope The Simpsons with George Bush over the road. There's plenty of episodes of Family Guy where like uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd move in over the road or um, Ryan Reynolds moves in. Yep. Um, this is apparently a lot of people said ripped off an episode of uh, King of the Hill. Yeah, Where yeah, someone moves yeah, in. Every, yeah, Hank Hill. every single episode of something has done this. Like, I feel like it's been done in every cartoon episode ever. I mean, I'm sure The Simpsons have done it and uh, Boondocks did it and like just it just every show does that. It's even happened in like sitcom shows. I can't really recall it off oh, yeah. the bat, but I remember like they, it's just it's kind of like a common thing. What I did find funny is the the Grunk family came on the Grunk party bus. Um, yep. Did you know that the Grunk bus is a real thing? The Grunk party bus? I was going to ask, is this a real it thing? It is a real thing. Grunk bought it from a church in Long Island <laughs> and he renamed it the Sinner's Bus. <laughs> and That's on the incredible. front of it, I mean, it's so, it's so Grunk. On the front of it, it says Size Matters, like across the front. It's just like a hard, it's got like hardwood floors and bl- it's like a little club, blinking lights. The driver of it is named Goon, G-O-O-N. It's, just, it's so ridiculous. But it was funny that they brought that into the episode. Peter, his mates are super excited. Me and him, because I was a big Pats fans. Lois is less excited. She wishes it was Julian Edelman uh, because he, he's much more handsome. And as Peter leaves, go and see Gronk. Yeah, she says she's going to... Um, hook the G. <laughs> hook the G. <laughs> hook the G to thoughts of Edelman, which uh, i got to be honest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, you, some, can, you can understand. Yeah, sometimes you know, you, you just you need a little help. Yeah, so th- they go over there and like obviously Gronk's a big big idiot. There's a party going on, shows him around the house. There's a, a bunch of gyms. Peter asks if he's married, and he just starts laughing in his face, which is quite funny. <laughs> right. and, and this For is like a long time. Yeah, and this is where we kind of get into the satire of the episode. And I was gonna say this is, I think this is a better episode. It's rating on IMDb is worse, and I think most people would look at this and go, "This is a worse episode than than Patriot Games." There's a lot more satire in this of Gronk's. Oh, this is this is my hot tub sponsored by Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts. This is my um, my shower sponsored by Monster. That sort of stuff. And Gronk's famous for having not spent a cent of his football money and living off endorsements, which is you know for yeah. a, a dumb guy, smart advice to have taken. There is some real satire in this about, I guess, the expectations of him as a as a 
public personality. And he even says that directly a little bit later. They, they, they ask him why he's such a dick and he doesn't have to be. He's like, this is what people expect of me. I, I play the joke. I play, say I play the jester because that's what society tells me to do. Yeah, it was a real, it was almost like a justification of why Grunk would do this episode in general. Because as you mentioned, he comes off as a jerk the whole time. He comes off as real dumb the whole time. Um, but then he does a rant about how he's a commodity. Yeah. And he abuses his body for entertainment. And yeah, he has to be the jester because society demands it. But then he ends it with, plus I'm insane! <laughs> and butts Peter. And says, eat a butt, fatty! Which just makes that whole scene perfect. It just ties it up with a nice bow. Uh, it was a great, great bait and switch. And I, I think this episode is, there's some really good satire on this. And that actually reminded me, I was on a, a tour to Croatia and there was a guy on the tour who was like a real dickhead. And he was always going on about like how he loved doing drugs. And he was just like, he talked about himself in third person. He gave himself a nickname. And he, he was oh, just, yes. yeah, he called himself the big dog. Okay. So anyone listening right now, don't do any of these things ever. And he'd sort of go like, big dog's got to eat. And then woof, big dog needs oh, medication. No. He, was a, he was a real, he was a dickhead basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real douche move. Uh, and, and I've been known to be a dickhead as well at times and one of the girls who was on the tour I, I clearly must have annoyed her and she like flipped at me and was like why are you such a dickhead she had like Nathan he doesn't have a choice like you're worse because you don't have to be like this and you choose to be you are probably a nice guy like you don't have to do this I love that <laughs> and, and this like reminded me of that because that's what Peter says to him he's like why are you such a jerk yeah. why like why are you not being considerate right. yeah yeah there, there is a, a degree of satire in this which I think is is quite good and there's some in the B plot as well both the B plot and the B plot we'll get to there's two other things in this that I really enjoyed and they're both cutaway jokes I love when Family Guy does a meta cutaway joke in Gronk's flicking Peter in the balls <laughs> with the towel yeah. And he like goes to set up. It's like this is even worse than whatever when it is, fr- and it's like revolutionary. Revolutionary war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like doing a speech, and Gronk runs in, <laughs> flicks it with a towel, and he goes, "Ah, oh, he's even in the cutaways." Like, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> the other one I liked was when it was like a classic Family Guy non sequitur joke. It was like, "Ah, this is even worse than the time I had breakfast in bread." Uh, and he's like laying in bed in a loaf of bread. What's the matter, Lois? Don't we have any dough? Or something? It's he's like, I, so "Oh no, I can't." Funny. It's like it's a great morning. No matter how you slice it, he just kept making buns. And then while he's doing that, Lois is packing her bags, being like, "We haven't paid rent in three months. I'm leaving you." going that's to my it. mother's and he's like that's the yeast of my concerns and he keeps making parodies while she's like completely leaving him I'm taking the kids and I'm going to my sister's it was one of the best parts of the whole series it was so bizarre and great it's such a family guy setup because it's the one same person with the crazy person around yes. them yeah it's, it's a great movie no matter how you slice it he's there and Lois like how much did this cost we have six months behind on mortgage payments and that's where he does the well I would have thought we had a lot of dough <laughs> it's so, it's such a tame yeah. joke this is like it just it really got me it, yeah it was absolutely one of the best one of the best jokes the whole the whole thing I was gonna say there is one part in this that I that I really liked as well and I have no I 
I don't know why it hit me the way it is, but Peter, you jump back to four, Peter kind of yells at him about, like, why are you being a jerk? Like, I, you know, blah, blah. I mean, Peter's trying to talk to Grunk, and Grunk just ignores him as like, hey, you want to see me dance? And he just starts dancing the whole time <laughs> yeah. Peter's talking. But the dancing, number one, is really extreme. It's like he's flicking his pelvis out, and he's like, he's like dropping it and shaking his ass at he's Peter. Twerking. And then Peter at one point goes, so am I supposed to touch you what's, what's happening here <laughs> and then they just move on yeah yeah it was so funny though <laughs> yeah he was like oh you know when you get single coverage do you give brady a signal and it, yeah he just starts dancing <laughs> right. at it it was so out of place and bizarre <laughs> it was really funny though the second or the b plot in this is quite literally a b plot and that's stewie and brian start selling honey at the farmer's market stewie's raising bees and it's just like a classic Brian and Stewie do a thing Stewie does a weird back and forth with himself it's a bit sort of Bill Butlicker from the office but it's back and forth with himself it goes in a weird direction and they they sell out of honey too quickly at the farmer's market and this is where the other element of satire is is you can put anything to anything and people will buy it yeah like farm to table he started with farm to table which is so true people hear farm to table and they're like it's like, well, yeah, everything's kind of formed a table. What's that mean? Yeah, and he's like, oh, there's plenty of GMOs. And the woman goes, GMOs are bad. It's like, it's got no she's GMOs. like, well, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. What I didn't understand, now follow me here. I am going to re- reveal a little bit about myself. I take local, I-, I like local honey. So I do a lot of, like, I'll do like green shakes or whatever, but I take a lot of vitamins and I'll oftentimes take like a, sp- a spoonful of honey made here in Baltimore. And I do that because I honestly feel like it helps my allergies, especially when the weather changes over. Local honey obviously pay a little bit more. They reference in this, he's like, Stewie, you could probably sell this for $20, $30 a jar. Is that even remotely true? Who is paying 20 to 30 Like, I feel like I pay a lot for honey and I would never drop 30 bucks for a jar of honey. That's insane to me. I know Manuka honey, which is the one that everyone froths over as a superfood. That's expensive. Let's have a look here. I'm going to give you a live price of Manuka Ooh, honey. Let's go. This is from manukadoctor.co.uk. It's made in New Zealand. Mm. Jiminy Cricket. So the, the higher the MGO number, which is the number of microbes or whatever in it, 1,000 MGO Manuka honey monofloral. Uh-huh. So single source, 250 grams. I don't know what that works out to, but that's a you know small jar. Right. Uh, that's less than this can of beer. Yep. 60 pounds was 200 pounds. Wow. Actually, it might be the lower number. Yeah, the sorry, the lower number, the more the more pure it is. So you can get a 790 MGO here for 500 grams. So slightly more yeah. than this can of beer. And that's 190 Ooh. pounds, which I think is about 250 US. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. That is wild. Yeah, yeah I didn't know Manuka was, was more expensive. 247, nice. how's that? Very good. Um, yeah, I didn't know Manuka was, was more expensive. I feel like that's, that's very specific rather than just like your local honey. Do you know what I mean? But whatever. I mean, I I guess, yeah, if people are dropping that much. I mean, I know that Manuka, I have had Manuka before in the past, and I didn't know it ran between, I thought it ran between like 40 and 50 bucks US, but just for like local honey, man, no way. No way would I drop 20 or 30. And I get the raw honey too. Like I I actually like the raw honey. Definitely don't drop 30 bucks on it. Found another site here, the raw honey shop. This is made by uh, Antonio Mm. Simon a fourth generation certified organic beekeeper. This is local from somewhere in the UK. 
and it's uh, a kilo of honey. So that's quite, quite a bit for 22 pounds. So what's that about? Mm, yep. 35. Something. So, the, you know, that's that's decent value. Yeah, so I, I get a, a local raw honey here. Now, it is actually, it's from Baltimore, and they do package it and ship it across the U.S. So maybe I just kind of got lucky that they make it here. But I dropped probably 15 bucks on it, 12 to 15, somewhere in that range. Um, but I still think, like, 30 bucks is double that. I still think it's quite a bit. You know, so just a little side note. If you like this discussion about honey, tune into our other podcast, Sweet Talk, where we discuss the prices of all sorts of sweet dishes. Brian and Stewie run out of honey too quickly at the farmer's market. So they give the bees steroids. There's a a Barry Bonds joke in there. Pumpkin head. Yeah. (laughs) The bees end up getting jacked. And then in true family guy style, they like beat the shit out of Brian and Stewie and they sick him onto Meg and they eventually sick him onto Gronk and and that's what causes Gronk to leave town. Uh, So it all, it all comes full circle. Gronk and his family are afraid of bees. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Gronk even says, do you have bees here? (laughs) Peter's like, yeah, it's the world. (laughs) Have you got anything else on this episode? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think that's pretty much it. It's the gist of it. I, I enjoyed it. I laughed quite a bit you know i think we mentioned a lot of i think we were able to mention more scenes here that we found funny than the previous episode um they were just kind of like a lot of bizarre things that kicked in i did enjoy it though yeah i probably enjoyed this episode more than the other one for sure i enjoyed it more than i expected to Me too. i've got a one star review here from daniel n 15525 from the 19th of March 2018. Probably shouldn't name people. Fuck him. Like almost all episodes, boring and not funny. So maybe if that's your opinion of Family Guy, maybe find something else to watch. We're in a golden age of content. Watch something else. Yeah, why are you why are you still watching and reviewing if you hate the Family Guy? Not the target audience, man. <laughs> Said that was painful to watch this piece of shit. Seriously, a kid in middle school writes better strong disagree unlike our our other mate he's reviewed a lot of things not a fan of gossip girl didn't like high school musical the musical the series says they can't sing well this thing is an embarrassment to the original hmm. he's reviewed 132 things so wow this guy's got opinions and he's spreading them around he yeah he wants you to he wants you to enjoy them he did quite like saved by the bell dancing to the max wow perfect episode to start with he loves american dad oh he really liked an episode of svu sweet likes judge judy so I, i'm not a- he called it the best show ever are you just are you a american dad fan <laughs> american dad cleveland show never really grabbed me me neither um, which is uh, interesting because it's the same same guy, but I, I do find that the humor is different. So this guy is just an Amer- he's an American dad guy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he said better than Family Guy in every way. So, you know what? Stick to the shows you like, and uh, maybe don't review the ones you don't. Where was this one in the draft for you? So I would rank this above the other one. So I did enjoy it. I would say that it's probably... So the last one, I would kind of teeter on a four and a five. And this one, I would kind of maybe go around a three and a four. I do feel comfortable with it in the fourth round, I think, but but higher than the other one. I could maybe... I can maybe be... I can maybe give it a three. I'm probably around the same mark. Gronk himself went in the second round. His brother Glenn was undrafted. So it's somewhere in that range. <laughs> the um, average. Let's average that out. Yeah. It's that, what is that? Fourth or fifth again? I, I, it was better than the other one. If you're not a Family Guy fan, you're not. neither of these episodes right. are going to convert you. But I would say I'm going to watch maybe a little bit more Family Guy. Yeah, tonight. I... Um I started to, after watching these two, you know, we talked about earlier about how I fell off and 
I started watching the latest season, and I was pleasantly surprised with the Grunk when I laughed more than I thought I was going to. And then I started laughing at the ones that I watched uh, from this latest, this last season. I'm pretty excited yep. to kind of catch up and see where it goes. Yeah. I'll dive back in. Now, we like to try and find six, seven, whatever seven, degrees of separation you know, seven, uh, amongst you. our episodes. Do you have anything for this one? This one I struggled with. Now, it's kind of in the in the vein of friends. I feel like if I just generally did Family Guy, there's so many references to pop culture and so many actors that have been on it that I could probably connect it to anything. But I really like to try to find things in the specific episodes that tie to our seven degrees. And for some reason, I struggled with this one. I just did not connect any of those lines. Did you find anything? The only thing I could find that tied back to, um, I don't even know if he's a character that's come up in this, but Seth Green, there wasn't a lot of Chris in either of these episodes. He had a couple of lines in the first one and none in the second one, but he's the voice of Howard the Duck which of course ties back to our uh, our first ever episode about Marvel. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's very good. And, and as you say, like Fred, there's there would be, there's been guest stars on this have have crossed over. They've done parodies of all of the the ads that we talked about. You know, in twenty three seasons, you start to run out of content. But that was I thought that was the best one I could find was was Chris's. Uh, Seth Green is Howard the Duck. Yeah. And I mean, talking wise, the Hyundai is uh, for me a very bold, direct <laughs> connection. Uh, such a ple- very such much a so. pleasant thing. So, but yeah, I mean, if we wanted to, we could find, we could probably find a thousand between these and certainly friends. Um, you know, there's a lot of connections that go on there and the commercials and stuff. So, but yeah, I feel good with that. I feel good with the Seth Green one and I feel good with the Hyundai one. Enough to. Um, nice. Yeah. Enough to say that that's good. I think we made a connection. I totally agree. Now, if you like the show, why don't you uh, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform? You can follow us on Instagram. We're at Screen You Later. You can contact us directly, ScreenYouLater at gmail.com. Justin, where can people find you directly? So you can find me if you want to follow me on Twitter or come say hello. It's Justin underscore B. And if you want to see some of my work or, hey, if you need designer web work, shoot on over to justin B.com. And, of course, you can follow me at Sheehan Solo on Twitter. Justin, get us out of here. Knock, knock, Brian. Who's there? Oh, did you want the Stewie Griffin voice? <laughs> yeah, I was going to go with uh, Knock Knock Brian. Yes. Oh, hang on. No. Hang on. <laughs> we can do this. We can do this. I can't do a Stewie voice. I, I can't. So. Oh, you can't do a Can, can you do any, any sort of Family Guy impressions here? I can't. I can't. I was going to do the, because I did the first See You Later was Knock Knock Who's There, and I was going to do the... Um, when Brian's like, who's there? And he's like, Stewie, and I'll always be there for you. And then I was going to go and scream you later. So that's what I was going to do, but I can't do a Stewie impression. Stewie. I- that's my pain. <laughs> do you- this is all staying in. This is all staying in? It has to be good. It has to be good. Ah, scream you later. Scream you later. <laughs>